What's the very first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Snuggle up with whoever is next to you? Jump out of bed for a quick hundred push-ups just to start the day? Nope, you do none of those things because the very first thing you do, the very first thing anybody does is check the time. Because you see, time's not really our friend. Hi, I'm Rick and welcome to Slow the F*** Down, your periodic podcast on all things focused and slow. And in today's episode, we're going to have a rousing discussion about time. And school buses, because they kind of go together. A little background first. I live in a school bus. Yeah, I'm one of them. You remember back in the day when people said, oh, he's in a van living down near the river or lake, and everyone went, ooh, he must be homeless? Well, now it's an acceptable lifestyle. Anyway, a little background. I quit my career of over 40 years, oh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, and then decided I was just going to travel the world international style. I was going to refresh my brain, refresh my soul. And I kind of did that until things happened. It got to be a little much, and we decided to come back get a school bus, convert it ourselves, and wander around the Americas looking for, I don't know what we're looking for, but we're looking for it. Now, as I record this, we just left something called the Schoolie Swarm, which was a gathering of like-minded individuals, basically a couple of hundred school buses all in a big field, but it wasn't entirely populated with hippies, you know, the kind with children named Butter and Penguin. No, it was so much more than that. And it's, well, we have to talk about schoolie van life because it's a big part of what we're discussing today which is time. And yeah, I know that sounds confusing, but trust me, they really do go together. But real quick, before we get into that, do me a favor. After the podcast, head on over to rickhiggins.com, R-I-C-K-H-I-G-G-I-N-S, and you will find links to, well, everything that we do, because we have a YouTube channel. We got all the usual, so we got everything out there. So if you want more information or if you just want to interact and tell me what an idiot I am, that's where you're going to find it. Anyway, let's go back to talking about time. Here's a fun fact. Most people acquire things. It's why we rent storage units here in the States, so we can keep our things close, even if we don't actually want to see our things every day. And we work really hard for our things, for all of our purchases, for all the things that we have stored in a deep, dark, air-conditioned box somewhere five miles from our home. And all of that means we spend a lot of time at work. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, if it's your bag to work all the time to buy things. But in order to acquire and succeed and acquire some more, you have to give something up. You have to do something so that you can do all that work. You have to juggle your time. So how do we work here in the United States? You know, our usual 40-hour work weeks and skip the vacation, which is probably more than 40-hour work weeks and even less time on vacation. But why do we do all of this Anyway, why do we work so hard? Now, some of our political leaders are deciding that maybe we need a little help in that area. Maryland, for instance, they're pushing legislation as we speak for four-day work weeks, 32 hours a week, trying to help businesses. Hey, we'll give you this if you give your workers a little bit less dedicated time at the office, because what they found is working 32 hours, you can be just as productive as far as the business is concerned as 40. And you get a whole much more benefit. You get more relaxation, more time with the family, more time to go shopping to spend all that money that you just earned. Other countries like France, they have long been a proponent of limiting works intrusion on people's lives. You know, for instance, they have laws, physical laws on the books that say businesses cannot force you to work after hours. They cannot say, hey, just answer a few emails on your Saturday or, you know, while your kids are getting married, you know, sneak away and try to answer this for us. It's illegal. France is just so much on the side of the workers. 
that they force businesses to not intrude on their personal life. And it really works. But that all begs the question, is the problem really how many hours we spend working? Is it all about 32 versus 40? Or perhaps we need to go down to 28 or 20? No, I think it might be something deeper. Maybe the problem is how we choose to live our lives, not how long we actually decide to put into each little bucket. But before we get into all of that, we need to get back to bus life. Or van life, if you want a little smaller area and you truly want to challenge your relationship with your spouse even more. Not so long ago, my girlfriend and I decided that the absolute best way for two 60-something-year-old human beings would be to purchase a 15-year-old decommissioned school bus, turn it into a home, and then live in it full-time as we drive slowly around trying to find things. Sounds like fun, huh? Now, this is really hard. On the YouTube channel, I was able to walk around with the camera and show people what it looks like. But basically, our bus is 30 feet long end-to-end, -end, but on the inside, it's only 20 feet long end-to-end -end as far as living area and 7 feet wide. You can kind of do the math. There's not a whole lot of space in which to live. Now, here's the fun part. In our bus, we actually took up almost half of it just for the bathroom and the bedroom. <laughs> you know, most people sort of stick a little small bed in the back and lay it sideways and call it a day, but we wanted more comfort. So as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking in this big palatial walk-in closet bedroom thing that takes up half the bus. We do have a large kitchen up front and a seating area, and Nikki's got her whole gardening area up there as well. But I do the math, seven times 20 feet, and that's how much space two people have to live in. And it's really kind of fun because all of a sudden you pull in for a night somewhere and you instantly transform from driving a vehicle into your home. It's just turning out of the driver's seat. I'm instantly, my commute is all of 32 and a half milliseconds. Anyway, what else can I tell you about living in a bus? Well, we poop in a bucket and yeah, literally there is a five gallon bucket that we treat like a human kitty litter box. I'm not even going to try to describe that one. And let's go somewhere else just to kind of get away from that subject. Why did we choose this lifestyle? Neither one of us really wears tie-dye full-time. Yeah, maybe we consider ourselves to be nomadic, but we certainly aren't barefooted hippies with those kids named Penguin. Like I mentioned earlier, in my case, it had a lot to do with burnout, a desire for international travel. I needed to do something different. The pandemic hit everybody. It hit me especially hard. I'm a very social person, but when you can't get out, you can't be social. And the only thing that you do is work from home and then live from home. And it, it wasn't a whole lot different living in a suburban home than it is in this box, except for the home doesn't have wheels and can't get me places. That's why we chose this lifestyle to see different cultures, different people, different ways of living just to get mobile and get away from the same four walls because our walls are now as far as the eye can see out of the windows. Okay, but let's get back to time and work. You know, as soon as Marilyn broached the idea of a four-day work week, oh my God, you wouldn't believe the outcry. You know, the Protestant work ethic group. They just went absolutely haywire. And you knew exactly what they were saying and exactly the way they were saying it. You know, in my day, we just pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You know, they're the kind of people who sort of think that you have to work harder, longer. You'll get your just rewards at the end of all of this. But the idea that work is defining your life is something that American culture just can't get rid of. And the second that Marilyn went and said, well, maybe we should dial back to 32 hours, you would think people would be going, oh, thank God, eight more hours to sleep, eat, have a party, or mow the lawn. But oh no, 
they just went into this corporate mindset and went, oh, we have to work hard. We should be working harder than 40 hours. They went absolutely crazy. And I don't understand why. Okay, actually, that's not true. I do have an inkling of why people get so upset at that. And that's because the other aspect of American culture is everything is a zero-sum game. Everything has to have a champion. Everyone has to win. In order to win, somebody else has to lose. Our way of life says that the world is a Super Bowl and that there must be somebody wearing the ring at the end of it. So how are you going to succeed? How are you going to beat that other team, grind them into the dust and walk around going, ha ha ha, I am the winner for this year, if you don't work longer, if you don't work harder? And that is the mindset that is actually, in my opinion, and many others, poisoning America. But you see, here's the thing. There's a lot of studies out there, and yeah, I know we have a distrust of scientists now, but trust me, they went to school for a long time and they've devoted their 40-hour work weeks to working on this stuff. But there's been a lot of studies out there that have shown working less hours equates to more productivity. Yeah, I know a lot of the managerial staff in most of corporate America, the only reason their job is there is to walk around Cubicleville going, hey, Peter, how's it going? And to make sure that you're putting in your necessary 48, 52 hours a week. Hours do not equate productivity. Hours do not equate anything other than hours. It's a measurement tool that managerial staff can use to, I don't know, manage. But in reality, all of these studies have shown that it's not hours that drive. It's how well you do it, how much you want to do it. And if you're only working 32 hours a week, you've got so much more passion and energy and drive to actually do the work. Okay, and it's time to bounce the ball back on the other side of the table. And for those of you who are having trouble with this verbal ping pong match that we're doing, the ball is now on the schoolie bus side of the table. And we'll get back to Corporate Time Management America in just a second. More on bus life. I tell you, for minimalists like me, it's absolute heaven. And for those of us who are attached to non-minimalists, it's not so much. You really have so much space to take everything with you. And that's the downside. When I say everything, I'm not talking about sweaters and everything that you have in the kitchen and all the stuff that you would normally put in storage. We have to bring all our utilities with us as well. All of our electricity, it's in the bus. All of our water, all of our waste, everything, it's in the bus, everything that you pipe out of your house or pipe in and exist somewhere else, we have here. It's a, a lifestyle that forces you to look at things not from a, I'll hold it and does it bring me joy and should I keep it? But everything has to have multiple uses. You learn so much about what's important, what's not, what you waste. I, just the fact that I have to monitor how much electricity we have on the bus constantly because we'll run out and our food will will warm up and rot. It's a whole different lifestyle. You really learn to appreciate everything that you have, everything that you need, because it all has to be contained and you have to somehow create most of it or at least not waste it. Now, a big question a lot of folks ask us is, well, where do you stay if you don't have land, if you don't have property, where do you park your bus? Well, believe it or not, could overnight a Cracker Barrel and you know, eat dumplings and gravy every day. Or you can live in a Walmart parking lot and you kind of wonder why you didn't make better choices in life. But there are actually a number of apps. There's a number of places like uh, Harvest Host is something we use in Hip Camp. And there's other places people will allow you to stay on their property for one, two, three, five nights uh, for free. You know, it's like a business. I'm sitting in a winery right now and the whole gig is I can sit on their land for a day or two. And if I go in and buy a thing of wine or if I go in and enjoy their services, well, everybody win-wins. So that's what we're doing as we travel around 
is we're finding all these places where we could stay for a couple of days or up to a week and we meet people and then we move on. The other big question I get all the time is how can you afford that? And we're going to talk a little bit more on that in a second because we need to bounce it back to the other side of the ping pong table and talk about time. Now, it's ironic that I live this way because not so long ago, I was all about hustle, hustle, go, go, go. And in fact, I'm still like that quite a bit, you know, like with podcasts and YouTube and everything else that I'm doing. And in fact, I'm kind of doing it right now. You would think I would have a slow life sitting here in my bus, but no, I'm talking into a microphone and trying to figure out what other videos I got to make because, well, this is my job. But I also have to admit that slowing down in general and having a very intentional and focused life it just makes sense. In living for work so that we can show off our things, that's just, I'm sorry to say, but it's borderline silly, stupid, psychotic. What I'm discovering in this new lifestyle of mine is that there is more to life when you can just sit back, slow down, change your scenery, and focus on what's important. Yeah, I do work really hard when I'm working, but when I'm not, I don't have to worry about acquiring things. I don't have to worry about productivity. I don't have to worry about anything other than just relaxing, learning, taking in what's new and just having that whole moment of Zen refreshness. And believe me, these words coming out of my mouth make absolutely no sense, but at the same time they do. So back to that question of, will I ever return to real work and how do I afford this lifestyle? Well, when I had the burnout, when I quit my career, basically I'm living off my 401k right now. And unfortunately the market was not so kind. I had planned on taking a full two years off, maybe being successful in the digital space and being able to live on that. Cause honestly, it's a little cheaper to live on a bus than it does on a mortgage suburban home. I don't know if I'm going to go back. I'm pretty sure that I'm not, I was a software engineer by trade before all of this new life started, by the way, am I going to go back to working 40, 50 hours a week during that? I can't see myself doing it. Can I go back into the industry and work on my own terms and my own hours? Perhaps, probably. But going back to that old hustle, hustle lifestyle, even if it is in the back of a bus, I just can't see that happening. Now, I'm still trying very hard to find a way to spend the rest of my life living and not struggling towards this retirement that society says I should have, but it may not actually come. When our parents were around, they they sort of had a retirement plan. They would hit 65, they would retire, they would sit in their lawn chairs and wait for grandkids to come by. That's not something that's even possible for me anymore. Even if I had kept up the grind, I wasn't going to retire until my 70s. I just couldn't physically afford it. But what happens after that? 70, that lawn chair that I'm supposed to sit in and wait for people? Well, it might as well be a coffin because you need to live life when you can live life, which is why we're doing what we can now. My idea of retirement is to continue working until the day I drop but not working, working full time, working enough to meet my needs so that I can actually enjoy whatever life I can. Okay, so what does all of this slow life babble mean for me? And more importantly, what does it mean for you? Well, the answer is hell if I know, but I am drinking on it, drank on it a lot last night. So I think I'm getting closer to understanding exactly what this means for all of us. As far as me personally, what I do know is that I'm gonna be spending most of the rest of my days exploring, not places, but ideas. Yes, living in a bus and traveling around gets you to, to different things, but if you open your mind to what you can learn, to take all that extra time that you now have, 
and to get different concepts and to bounce them and fuse them all together and throw in a little critical thinking, it's amazing what you can come up with. And that's what I want to do with the rest of my days gathering knowledge to see if I can figure out this whole thing that we call life. And of course, I want to spend it over sharing it with you. So get ready for some fun facts that you may or may not want to hear. And of course, if you have any ideas, I'm all ears. Comment, offer advice, share your stories. Like I said earlier, ridicule me and point fingers and laugh if you want to. But somewhere we collectively have some better answers. And feel free to play along on social media. Like I said, go to rickhiggins.com and you can find it where I am. Uh, we have a Patreon account, by the way, and it's absolutely free. There's a whole lot more information out there, behind the scenes stuff, things that don't quite go into the podcast and the YouTube and all of that other things. It's absolutely free. Head on over there if you want more content. Head on over to Medium as well and read. And in the meantime, I look forward to all of the things that we're going to discuss. And thanks for listening.